0: And welcome, everybody, back to the Baseball Dorks. It's a special episode today, Season 4, Episode 15. Uh, we're giving our listeners back-to-back episodes in back-to-back days. Uh, yesterday, we covered the um, uh, the National League with Jesse, and today I have Ryan with me. We're going to go through the American League now. Uh, Ryan, how is your week going so far?
1: Not too bad, yeah. Just been hanging out and watching baseball and playoff basketball. So, yeah, yeah, it's been fun.
0: Happy Bobby Bonilla Day, by the way. True,
1: yeah, he gets what, a little over a million. Is that yeah. I forget what the actual number is, yeah. something like
0: that? Yeah, bottom line, he's still getting paid uh, decades after he stopped playing, and he's going to be getting paid for the next couple decades too. Um, just absolutely, <laughs> it's so funny that we just call this day Bobby Bonilla Day. Uh, some fun facts about Bobby Bonilla. uh, he'll still be getting paid after the Tati's uh, the Fernando Tati's Jr. contract ends, um, which is mind wow. boggling considering Tatis signed for 13 years. Uh, but yeah, he's safe to say he's set for life. And, uh, apparently the reason behind that, which I just found out today that you said, um, in our, in our chat earlier was that, um, they just, the Mets didn't have enough money to pay him his $6 million buyout at the time. So instead they just deferred all these payments, one roughly a million a year for the next, it seemed like 40, 50 years. Right.
1: Yeah. Well, so essentially they the owners were involved with bernie madoff in that ponzi Mm -hmm. scheme and so they thought they could get a better return on their money in that than what they gave bonilla and so they they thought if we take because they owed him a six million dollar bio yeah so they thought if we take this six million give it to bernie madoff and he'll do whatever turn it into a lot more than that and then that's better than whatever we'd have to get or paying Bonilla now um and so they deferred all that money bernie Madoff ended up going to prison they lost all of that and then they still have to pay bonia a million dollars for 25 years
0: oh, man. that's so wild. it really worked
1: out for Bonilla. all he had to do was wait about 10 years to start getting paid instead of taking the six million whatever like around 2000 had to wait about 10 years and then he gets a million every year so sign yeah. me up
0: yeah seriously my goodness Um, Yeah. Some other guys that we were talking about earlier uh, that are also getting deferred payments. Um, Chris Davis was one of them. Chris Davis of the Baltimore Orioles. uh, He'll be getting paid through 2037 uh, anywhere between 1.4 million to 3.5 million, which is absolutely ridiculous after his contract, uh, his playing contract expires at the end of next season. Um, Yeah. It seems like there's like a lot of random teams that are doing this. You said the nationals also have a bunch of their big contracts that have a bunch of deferred money.
1: Yeah. I'm not sure if it's, the ownership just likes doing this or what, but just all of their big contracts always have deferrals. So I I checked Strasburg, so I'm 100% sure he did, but I feel like Corbin, Scherzer, even like Jason Wirth back in the day, um, all these big contracts that they hand out seem to always have deferrals. They're not as long as that, so they're not going like 15 years, but usually at least like five years. Strasburg will be paid, I think, two years after his deal, but it's like 20-something million for those two years. So it's kind of crazy to think that the Nationals – We'll have $24 million on the payroll in whatever it is, like 2028, 20, and no Strasburg on their team, unless yeah. they re-sign him again, of course, but he'd be super old at that point.
0: Right. Wow. Um, so, yeah, we'll be celebrating this holiday for the next um, like 17, 20 years, something like that. Uh, so, one thing I do want to get into that we covered on yesterday's podcast, but I want to get your take on it. Um, as we know, Major League Baseball started to hand down uh, 10 game suspensions for any player, any pitcher in particular, that's caught with a foreign substance. Um, we've seen all these ridiculous checks, uh, for pitchers, sometimes multiple checks per game, but for the first time, we actually have a player that is going to be penalized under these new rules. And that is Hector Santiago of the Seattle Mariners. Uh, over the weekend, he had a, uh, umpires found a foreign substance on his glove. According to him and Scott service, it was Uh, just like a mixture of rosin it seemed to be legal but the fact that it was on the uh the the, uh, apparently the umpires found it to be sticky and uh therefore they ejected him from the game they submitted the glove to be reviewed further by major league baseball and uh the 10 game suspension was handed down Uh, i gave my take on this yesterday and essentially it was um even if it was a legal substance Right now, with how much scrutiny pitchers are getting for uh, for anything that's remotely suspicious, like you just shouldn't be uh, even giving them a reason to eject you from the game. Let's give you a suspension. So um, whether it was legal or not, I guess we'll never find out what it actually was. Uh, But if if you're a pitcher right now, anything that's remotely close to being suspicious, you should just not even bother um, using right now. What do you think?
1: Yeah so there was never a statement or anything on like if MLB conclusively found anything right like I, I right. didn't see- Yeah in uh,
0: fact I, make- I I even saw that the Major League Baseball didn't even review the glove like it was just the umpire's discretion to then hand down the suspension which is really weird
1: Yeah I'm, I don't know and obviously you can't just base everything off of this but just watching him walking off the mound, he was almost like laughing when they started to check. Like he was so not worried about it. Right. And so I feel like there's a very good chance that he wasn't using any sort of illegal substance and somehow whatever he was using, the rosin that they're allowed to, plus his sweat or whatever, created some sort of extra sticky something that got onto his glove. I think that's definitely a possibility, especially with like, we've seen how much they're, Checking these pictures, you'd think he would not put something on his glove. That would be pretty stupid. Um, So I don't know. I'm kind of torn because, yeah, obviously you don't want to give them any excuse to kick you out. But I also just have a hard time believing that he would do that. And just based on his reaction, all I don't know. All the signs to me kind of point towards he probably didn't do it.
0: Yeah, it, it seems to me kind of like, uh, um, like Major League Baseball didn't like they weren't looking for someone to actually put the blame on and make them the uh, to, uh, to set an example. But it kind of it kind of seems like that. Yeah, um, it does. like like to be like, look at that, like look, we we busted him, so we're really serious about this. If you if right. you uh, if you do anything suspicious, we we'll, we will hand down that ten game suspension. Um, and the worst part like of like if it, we have you, any
1: sort of even suspicion about it, you're yeah. done for ten days, like yeah, ne- exactly. no questions
0: asked. Right, and the worst part is that the Mariners can't even replace him on the roster now. So now the Mariners are down a pitcher. Um, that's a that's
1: a stupid rule. I very feel like. stupid.
0: Yeah, it it penalizes the team uh, more than anything, and the player. It's a ten game paid suspension, so the player just essentially gets a ten day paid vacation, while yeah. the team is the one that actually really suffers from this. It's kind of weird. I don't know. yeah,
1: I feel like the whole maybe just because the whole thing was put together last minute, not even really yeah thought through completely. <laughs> so I guess with all the changes that are that are gonna happen in the offseason anyways, maybe they'll revisit how they'll go about this next year.
0: Yeah. um sticky stuff or not. Shohei Otani is in an absolute tear right now. 28 home runs leads the majors. It was kind of him and Vladdy going back and forth like I hit one, you hit one, I hit one, you hit one. Uh, but lately, Shohei Otani has just absolutely taken off. 28 home runs, leads the majors by two. Um, on the pitching side of things, he didn't exactly do a great job yesterday against the Yankees. Gave up seven runs, all earned in uh, two-thirds of an inning. But that doesn't take away from the fact that he's just absolutely been incredible this year. Really, honestly, on both sides of the ball, yesterday was kind of an outlier. Um, but is what are the chances you think that he might uh, both hit and pitch in the all-star game? What do you think?
1: Wow. That would be cool. That'd be really cool. I feel like just because of how intense all of this must be for him just going through a full season, I feel like he won't pitch. That would be my guess. And with how many other pitchers there are, they'd probably be like, oh, we'd rather get this guy into the game and let Otani just have a few at-bats. Yeah. And I think that's probably what he'll want too, but it would be really cool to be able to see both, or even if he could face like one batter or something.
0: Yeah, that's what I was thinking about that too last night. I was like, uh, will they have the three batter minimum rule for the all star game, or will they waive that rule just for just for this? Mm-hmm. You know, because it's not they, an they should game. It probably. Yeah, uh, because yeah, that'd be awesome if we can see Otani at least come in for one, um, to face one batter. So, uh, gosh, it feels like we're just talking about Otani every week, but every single week he just gives us more stuff to talk about. He's just been so unbelievably good. And the fact that um, uh, he's doing incredibly well from both sides of the ball. Uh, I I know a lot of people are saying Vladdy's a favorite for AL MVP, but I don't really see that. Like, yeah, Vladdy's been fantastic. But if you're talking about MVP, I mean, this guy does both pitching and hitting like Otani's probably not going to be in the conversation for AL Cy Young, but for MVP, I think that's, that's all his. It's it's his to lose if you ask me. Uh, do you do you feel the same way or do you think Vladdy is is the front runner right now?
1: No, I definitely think it's Otani because I feel like Vlad's been slightly better offensively, but it's pretty close. Yeah. And then when you add in that Otani's been ridiculous on the mound, and then I mean uh, neither of them are adding any defensive value. And I haven't checked any base running stats, and it's not a huge difference, but Otani's much better running the bases yeah, much better. is at least somewhat of a factor. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think Otani and one thing I was going to say real quick about his pitching too, you mentioned that he let up seven runs in the first inning yesterday to the Yankees. Something I've noticed with him is that, I don't know if it's because his stuff is so nasty or something with his motion or a combination, but a lot of times it takes him a while to like get his mechanics down and he'll, he's had a lot of rough first innings, a lot of games where he yeah. hasn't even made it out of the first inning and so i think a key for him is just getting through that first inning maybe even first two innings and getting his pitches or getting a feel for all of his pitches because once he gets going he has three plus pitches plus a curveball that's decent so he can just absolutely dominate both righties and lefties nobody can hit his splitter when he's throwing it in where he wants to and especially when he's low hitting his fastball is he becomes one of the best pitchers in the game it's just when he starts walking people or relying on one single pitch that he starts yeah. having games like he did yesterday. Um, yeah, but for sure. yeah, a talent, a talent like that with that many good pitches, once he figures it out, he's just gets on a roll.
0: Yeah. No, when I saw that he was going to be in the all-star in the uh, uh, home run derby, I immediately bought tickets. I'm like, I need yeah, to go that, see that him is pit. pretty awesome. Yeah. So it's going to be so confirmed. We have Otani, Vlad, and um, uh, Alonzo, right? Mancini. Trey Mancini too. Yeah, cool. So we have four guys confirmed. No and bra- Trevor they- story Oh, beautiful. Oh, man, I'm so yeah, excited.
1: Trevor's story is such stories, the hometown guy. Yeah, and then Mancini is a good story too because he missed all of last year with cancer. Yeah, and now is back and having a pretty solid season. Obviously, won't be like the favorite to win it, but even just yeah, Vlad, Alonzo, and Otani. Um, <laughs> man. who else? If, if you could pick like a, a couple more players, who would you add to that? Pool oh, give me Joey Gallo. Gallo would be. I yeah, want to see Gallo, Gallo in the awesome.
0: Derby so badly. Um, oh gosh, who else? I would Schwarber? love to see Schwarber would be fun. Schwarber
1: was in it before and he was amazing, so yeah. I feel like that would be really cool. And he's he honestly at this point might might make the All Star Game just as an All Star.
0: Yeah, it's 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 wild. We were, uh, Jesse and I were talking about this yesterday. That the finalists, so that there's nine finalists for the outfield, and mm-hmm. Schwarber was actually cut from the first set of uh, of. uh, mm. uh uh, at the deadline of the first round of voting. Right. So he wasn't even eligible to be in the second round of voting yet. Wow. I would probably take him maybe third, honestly, uh, wow. out of the outfielders that are available. So, so I guess
1: he'll be in that final vote thing, maybe.
0: Most likely. Yeah. Yeah. Either the final vote or if he'll not, then he'll be a, a reserve, you know, right. uh, that the managers yeah. choose. But <laughs> yeah, that's wild. Um, before we wrap up on Otani real quick, offensive war. He's at 3.4. And that's without any defense, right? Uh, it's absolutely ridiculous. 3.4. Okay. And then on the pitcher side of things, I believe he was at 1.2. Yep. 1.2. So add that together 4.6. Yeah. And what about Vladdy? Uh, let me look that up real quick, but 4.6 that while, that's incredible. while, uh, so we're roughly actually, I think we're at the half point now. So mm-hmm. times two, that's a 9.2 win player. Yeah, uh, and Vladdy is at four point six as well. So they're both ex- they're exactly tied. Wow,
1: that's impressive for Vladdy. Yeah. Jeez. Wow. So I guess yeah, pick your pick your guy. It's hard to right. go wrong with either of them. They've been that that incredible. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, just for reference, like Trout is a, pretty much a lock for nine more every year. But if you were to predict going into a season, I don't think I wouldn't guess any other player would get to nine war or like at the start of the year, I wouldn't have predicted any player outside of trout would get nine war. And I think the next closest would have been Mookie and I probably would have said around six and a half. Yeah. For him. Yeah. it's fair. So they're way exceeding expectations.
0: <laughs> oh, love it. Uh, let's do some buying or selling. So yesterday we did uh, six teams that are kind of on the bubble of a uh, playoff contender or seller. And uh, for the American League, we have only four teams, really. The rest of the teams are kind of already know where they're gonna where they're gonna fall. So there are four teams here. Some of them might be a bit more obvious than others, but I still wanted to go through them. So let's start in the American League West. The Seattle Mariners are 41 and 39. So winning record, a minus 49 run differential coming into play yesterday. Uh, seven games back of the AOS, five and a half games back of the wild card. Um, oh gosh, this is a really tough one because I feel like, the Astros and the A's are just going to completely take it, uh, uh, take this division and run. But the Mariners, at the same time, they could be looking for pieces that are not exactly just rentals, but pieces that are more longer term. However, I don't think they're really going to uh, do much this trade deadline. So I'm going to say they're going to be sellers. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I just can't imagine paying a deadline premium because even if you get a guy with like three years of control, you're still paying for this year in terms of what you're giving up and you just don't really need him. As you mentioned, they have a negative run differential. They're very unlikely to keep up even a 500 record, I think, for the rest of the season. And even if they added a few pieces, I don't think they're like a couple pieces away. They have a ton of young players and still don't even really have any star-level guys on offense or on the pitching staff. Um, so they have a long ways to go. I think that they should probably look into the offseason more and look at younger type free agents in their prime to build around their young core uh, that they're bringing up. Um, obviously, Gilbert's in the majors and um, it came up and was supposed to be really good, was not, but is still obviously a big long term piece for them. Um, so yeah, I, I don't really see it. They have a few pieces they can maybe sell off. Haniger could be appealing to. Some teams, um,
0: Graveman maybe too.
1: Graveman, yeah, that, that's probably their best piece. Um, yeah. He definitely will be traded and will be pitching big innings in October for somebody.
0: The Toronto Blue Jays, forty-one and thirty-six, a plus seventy-one run differential, six and a half back of the AL East, and four games back of a wild card. Uh, they're definitely buying.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, they're buying and they're buying pitching.
0: Yep. <laughs> yes, they already oh. made
1: a trade for Adam Simber out of the bullpen from the Marlins. They took on Corey Dickerson's contract to be able to do that. So he'll, I guess, be like a DH outfield platoon with all of their right-handed bats. It's not a bad pickup to get Dickerson either. He could be a league average bat against righties. Um, But yeah, they should target at least one starter, if not two. Um, Right now they have Ray and Ryu leading their rotation. Ray has been amazing. Ryu has been decent. Stripling has been good as well. Um, But they could use a a few more arms um, in both their staff and their bullpen.
0: Yeah, they have a lot of competition there in that AL East. Uh they are other though. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. they're definitely set, especially with Springer stays uh consistently in the lineup. That'd be great. Yeah. Um the Angels, the LA Angels, 38 and 41. I feel like we're just talking about them in this in this sense every single year. Like they're always like around the middle. You never know what they're going to really really going to do. They're just it just seems like every single season by the time you get to the midpoint, we always talk about how disappointing they've been so far. Uh, Negative 36 run differential, nine and a half back of the AL West, eight back of a wild card. So they're not particularly close um, at a playoff spot at the moment. But I mean, they're pretty much already in the the mindset of contending, but they're not really in contention. This is a tough one for me. Um, I really think they're going to buy. I mean, they they, they have to, they need to, they need to really supplement the talent around them. And once again, they're a team that I think will go towards not necessarily a rental, but someone that they can control a bit longer term. Uh, I would love, love, love for them to get Herman Marquez, but they just don't have the talent to acquire him. Yeah, I think they're
1: too, yeah, yeah, I I agree with that. Unless they were willing to part with Joe Adele at this point.
0: Um, Oh yeah, what's going on with him? Haven't heard from him in a while.
1: I saw his numbers a few weeks ago. He was hitting a ton of homers, but still striking out like 30% of the time. So you'd imagine he'd still struggle when he came up because that's just been his issue. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I think the Angels two options in terms of buying are one, like you mentioned, adding longer pieces, and then also adding rentals that would be super cheap, like just guys that they could take flyers on because um, their rotation also really needs help right now. Uh, they just moved Dylan Bundy to the bullpen after moving Jose Quintana to the bullpen. Uh, and they don't really have anyone on the mound who you trust outside of maybe Otani. And like we said earlier, um, he's had a lot of rough first innings, not just this year, but over the course of his career. Um, so they have a long ways to go. They've really just struggled to do what teams like the Rays and the Dodgers and others have excelled at. And that's that the angels have a lot of good players, but they just are not able to fill out the rest of their roster with adequate pieces. And so they're constantly relying on below average players in crucial spots in games. And that's costing them wins. Whereas a lot of other contenders at least have league average guys up there. Like for example, the Rays, will plug in someone like Manny Margot against a lefty and he'll crush them. But if you were playing him every day, that wouldn't be that good. Like the angels are playing Juan Lagares all the time. They're playing Taylor Ward every day. Like these are just not great things for the, for the angels. Whereas other teams are able to plug and play a lot more easily with uh good pieces. So I'm not really sure what the answer is for them. I feel like they will probably buy, but they honestly need probably another offseason to retool their roster.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, geez. Another, another year of not just Trout's prime now, but Otani's prime too. <laughs> you can add him to the mix of uh, of primes that they're wasting. Yeah. Uh,
1: imagine wasting Otani's best season and then trout coming back too. And then yeah. you sign Rendon and you still are paying opt in big money. And uh, yeah, it's just, they should be winning and they're not.
0: Yep. Minnesota twins. Now, For our listeners who are, are, or know where the twins are in the standings, you might be thinking, what? Like, why, why, why the twins are so far behind 33 and 44, negative 49 run differential, 12 and a half back of the AL Central, and 12 back of a wild card. The reason I have them on here, they've been streaking lately. They've been absolutely, they've been winning a ton of games and not, and uh, they have a big stretch coming up against um, uh, interdivision teams or intra, intra division teams. Yes. Um, So, and the, the the weirdest part about the Twins is that this, this is kind of like a make or break year. They have a lot of guys that are um, impending free agents or guys who are at their peak of their value that they really don't necessarily want to trade right now because if they know if they do that, it's going to have to be kind of like a, a signal of a rebuild. But they're getting hot at kind of the right time where they're not necessarily completely out of it, especially if a lot of their talent starts to live up to the potential they were supposed to play at. Um. I, I don't know if 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 it's uh um uh if they're kind of a lost cause already or not but I'm saying that they're going to be buying. What do you think?
1: I think it'll be a last minute decision. Like you said they're yeah. playing a bunch of division teams coming up so they get to see which way it goes. If they lose a bunch, they will it'll make it easy. If they win a bunch, it'll make it easy. What I think they need to be cautious of is what happened to the Pirates a few years ago when they were kind of in a similar situation where they were not having a good season and they just were clearly a pretty mediocre team, but then got really hot leading up to the deadline and decided to trade Meadows and Glasnow for Chris Archer. And then they were not very good. And obviously that trade went way worse than anyone could have expected. But even if Archer was good, the Pirates just weren't that great of a team. I think the Twins are better than that Pirates team was. And the division is also weaker than the NL Central probably was. Yeah. Um, so I could see the Twins going for it if they go on a little bit of a run. But I think that they should be careful of making any uh, big moves unless they go on some insane push and are within a few games of first place by the deadline.
0: Yeah, definitely um yeah they they might be a a team that's really in it just for rentals uh unlike the blue jays and the angels and even the mariners if they make some moves at the deadline they're probably looking for pieces that are more longer term but twins their window is uh closing pretty quickly uh and some may even say it's already closed but uh yeah we have a a roughly a month till the trade deadline so a lot can change uh between now and then
1: i say what i was gonna ask what about the yankees
0: I, I almost put them on here, but then uh, George Steinbrenner released a, a statement this morning saying that they are not even considering being sellers. So I took them off the list. That's fair. And you yeah. can't
1: imagine anything like that. And I'm not saying they'll end up selling, but if they have a bad month leading up to the deadline and they're in fourth place, let's say, and like looking out of it, unless I say Reno has a setback or so, like I'll, if things just kind of go wrong, you could see the Yankees definitely not buying and possibly like flipping a few pieces. They did that in 2016 when they traded um, Aroldis Chapman and Andrew Miller and just kind of replenished and retooled for the next season. Um, so I'm not saying that that's likely, but I do think that there's a scenario where that does happen. But I, <laughs> I, and I think the statement today is probably the owner coming out and trying to give the team confidence. Like he's not going to say, oh yeah, we'll consider selling we for bad.
0: That's a good point. Oh, gosh, how wild would that be to see the Yankees as sellers? I don't think I've ever seen that in my life. All right. So let's move on to a bit of a happier topic here. The AL All-Star Ballot. So quick recap of what happened with the All-Star Ballot this year. Uh, multiple rounds of of, um, of voting round one concluded last week. We're currently in the middle of round two, and that actually might even end today. Um, still getting a little bit used to the new dynamics here with the all-star voting, but we're down to three finalists across all positions. Uh, for the most part, I would say the all-star voting has been very solid. There are obviously a few outliers here. a You guys that uh, definitely do not deserve to be in the top three, but uh, the odds of them getting through are pretty slim. So, We did nationally yesterday. Let's do American League today. We'll start at first base. The finalists there, uh, in order of where they lead currently in the uh, voting, Vladdy Guerrero Jr. in first, Yuli Gurriel in second, and Jose Abreu in third. Uh, Vladdy's a clear choice here, yes? Mm, Yeah, clearly. Perfect. Moving on. Second base, American League second baseman. First place is currently Marcus Semyon. Uh, second place, Jose Altuve. Third place, DJ LeMahieu. Speaking about guys that don't deserve, deserve to be on this list, um, my vote is going to Semyon.
1: Yep, yeah, nailed it. Two for two.
0: Perfect. Shortstop, Xander uh, Bogarts leads, followed by Bo Bichette, and Carlos Correa is third. Um, even though I was really close between Correa and Bogarts, I still went in Bogarts because he's been consistent. Throughout the entire year, whereas Correa, really, it's been the last month or so that he's been absolutely on fire. Uh, so my vote goes for Bogarts.
1: Yeah, I think that's probably right. Probably Bogarts, Correa, Bichette in that order.
0: Yep. Third base: Rafael Devers, Alex Bregman, and Yoan Moncada. Uh, my vote goes to Devers.
1: Yeah, Devers definitely.
0: Wonderful. All right, this is where I think it's going to get really fun here. Outfield. So we have Mike Trout leading, <laughs> Aaron Judge in second, Byron Buxton in third. So that's right now Trout, Judge, Buxton. And then on the outside you have Michael Brantley in fourth, Adolis Garcia in fifth, Teoscar Hernandez sixth, Cedric Mullins seventh, Alex Verdugo eighth, and Randall Grichuk ninth. Um, my starting three for the outfield right now, and this might surprise some of you guys, I have Judge, Mullins, Brantley. I do not have Trout. Or Buxton in. Uh they just haven't been playing long enough. I mean, I get it. There's their short sample numbers are fantastic. And if they were if they were healthy and honestly, if they even had a chance to play in this all-star game, I would I would have put them in. But uh not only have they not had a good enough sample size for me to, to put them in, but even if they were voted in, they won't play because they won't be healthy by then. So that's my three.
1: Yeah, I guess it kind of depends on what you're how you're viewing the vote. And like, is it just based on this season or is it kind of yes. more of like we want the best stars in the game? If it's just based on this season, then you yes. probably can't really vote trout and Buxton right. in. Right. But I feel like some people kind of view it as just like, I want the biggest stars in this game, unless they're having like a bad season, obviously, no but no Trout, when he's been good is the best player and he's played like that. And I feel like voting them in when they're injured is almost can almost be like a courtesy thing since they won't play anyways, they just get that little all star on their resume, and then yeah. someone else will just be starting anyways. Uh, um, good point. So, I wouldn't be like upset if they uh got voted in, but I, I agree with you, they probably wouldn't be the three. Um, that I would do, I, I would have Mullins on there also, um, okay. along with Judge and cool. then maybe Adolis. So. I did not like- look too close at third, but. Uh, yeah, I could see him if I wasn't going to vote for uh, Trotter Buxton. Um, it's 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 so hard for me not to vote for Buxton just because of how good he has been when he's been out there. Like, he's been as good as some players who have played like, twice and three times as many games as him. So it's uh, the rate that he's um, in producing runs and saving runs is incredible.
0: Yeah. Um, I glossed over two categories, actually. Catcher and DH. So catcher, <laughs> your boy. Uh, leading is Salvador Perez. Second place, Martin Maldonado, and third place, Yasmani Grandal. Um, Salvi, clearly, he's the <laughs> yeah. I can't believe by a
1: landslide. It. I'll do my quick Salvi update right now. He has still yeah. played in every game. Yep, unbelievable. So we're, we're on track for 162.
0: I can't believe it. You were bashing on him so hard earlier this year before the season started, and now and now we're like, you're singing his praises. It's great, though. yeah. Um, yeah, he, still, so that, like,
1: he still does not walk and he still strikes out. So that was my criticism of him. And that still has stood up. But yeah. the fact that he plays every day makes all of it worth it <laughs> and the power.
0: Unbelievable. Uh, DH, uh, Shohei Otani leads, followed by JD Martinez and then Jordan Alvarez. All very good options, mm-hmm. but it's going to be Shohei. I don't
1: know I'm going to say, most years, JD would probably start, but yeah, it's Otani.
0: Yeah, beautiful. Uh, yeah, I'm so excited to, to go. I bought my tickets for the home run derby and I still have yet to buy them for the All Star game, but I'm still holding on to see if ticket prices drop a little bit more. Um, that will be fun. Yeah, I cannot wait. All right. Uh, who's leading in war? I think we already covered that. Otani and Guerrero Jr. at 4.6 for offensive players. Um, do you know who's leading in the American League for the pitchers, though? Might surprise you.
1: Give me a division. I actually don't know. Because it, it was Cole for a while, but he
0: has dropped. This sucks it, like, now. Right. Or... Yeah. Cole is in second place right now. Uh, the leader, though, is in the same division. Okay. I would have not it have is... guessed this.
1: Hmm. Let me think for just a second. Yeah. It's... I don't... It can't be Robbie Ray.
0: It's not Robbie Ray.
1: So... Is it Aovaldi? It's
0: Aovaldi. Wow. 2.9 wins above a placement. What is it? 2.9. Interesting. And Cole. He Coles doesn't, doesn't have 2. that 8.
1: many strikeouts though. Is it just that he hasn't let up that many homers?
0: Must be, yeah. Wow. And he doesn't like he, really he,
1: walk that many people. But. His
0: ERA is o- almost a run higher than Garrett Cole. His strikeout rate is three strikeouts less per nine than Cole. Exactly. Yeah. Um. It's yeah. It's just that the, the fact that he's barely given up any home runs, Uh. home runs per nine, 0.4, which is by, uh aside from Jacob deGrom, but in uh, in the American league that that's like the closest and it's not even close there.
1: Yeah. So if you went by XFIP, which normalizes for home run rate, he'd probably be lower than a lot of those guys.
0: XFIP 3.58.
1: For Avaldi. Mm-hmm. Still solid, but I'll bet some of the other guys are lower.
0: Yeah. Cole's at 2.86. Yeah. Glasnow, 2.7. Minaya, 3.6, so around there. Uh, Bieber, 2.87. So, yeah, he's not even like a top five guy as far as xFit. Yeah, goes. so he's he's probably
1: just gotten a little bit lucky with his home runs, and uh, Fangraph's war or F war um, pretty much counts strikeouts, walks, and home runs as the main factors. Yeah. So if you've gotten lucky with his homers, then he's going to have a a little bit of a higher half four, So yeah, I, I personally would knock that down a little bit because I don't really see a as as like a home run suppressor necessarily. I haven't dug deep into his numbers to see if he's done that over his career. Um, but I don't believe he's like been a low home run guy for his um, entire career. Um, yeah. So I, I would expect a few more long balls in the second half off him.
0: For sure. Um, let's do our attaboys uh, for the American league. I have Joey Gallo. He's been on an absolute tear lately in the last seven days. He's homered six times. He's gotten 25 total bases in that time period. So just in time for the trade deadline, if you ask me. Uh, But yeah, I don't know if the Rangers are going to want to trade him because, I mean, they have the new ballpark. They say they're going to go get a premier shortstop. And I feel like Joey Gallo would be a nice little piece to kind of uh, entice a a shortstop to come to to Texas. Uh, But at the same time, he's building up his trade value right now. So maybe selling him high. We'll see what the Rangers do with him. But uh, shout out to Joey Gallo for uh, turning it on this week.
1: Uh, Mine was going to be just someone who's pitched well for the last month after initially being ruled out for the season, and that's Framberg Valdez. Mm. Um, He broke his finger in spring training, and they were saying he was going to miss the season with surgery, and then there was a lot of mystery about whether he was actually going to come back or not. And then he came back pretty early. It was like the beginning of May, I think, and he started five times now, I believe, and has been probably the best starting pitcher on the Astros. Um and he was really good last year and looks to um be heading that rotation for a team that looks to be really good again.
0: Yeah, love that pick. Uh yeah, that that Astros rotation is super solid and they're missing Verlander and then uh um Urquidy, Urquidy just went down recently. So, um Yeah, I
1: was going to say everyone was worried about the Astros staff coming into the season and then they like had to make that panic signing of Rizzi in spring yeah. training. Um but yeah, it's it's been working out fine.
0: Love it. Cool. So, a bit of a shorter episode today, but it was, I'm glad we were able to get it in the National League predictions. Uh, so, next episode, we'll be talking about uh, who actually made the All Star game. Um, can't wait for that one. But for this episode, uh, for Ryan, I'm Fernando. Have a good week, everyone. All Star game is coming soon.